بسم الله الرحمن الرحیم لا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلی العظیم الحمد لله رب العالمین صلى الله علی سیدنا و نبینا ابی القاسم المصطفی محمد و آله الطیبین الطاهرین لا سیما بقیت الله فی الارضین عجل الله تعالى فرجه الشريف وجعلنا من أعوانه وأنصاره اللهم أخرجني من ظلمات الوهب وأكرمني بنور الفهم اللهم افتح علينا أبواب رحمتك وانشر علينا خزائن علومك برحمتك يا أرحم الراحم إن شاء الله إن few sessions that we are going to have we will try to study as much as possible some aspects of Islamic theory of education Islamic pedagogy or what we call a ta'lim wa tarbiyah today I will talk about the significance of knowledge and teaching and learning. Inshallah, in the coming sessions, we will talk about some of the aims of Islamic education. What do we want to achieve? and also some of the uh, manners that we have to observe in teaching and learning and inshallah if we have time then we can go into more practical issues if you want to understand the significance of ilm or knowledge in Islam you have to be examining the Quran the Hadith Islamic theology philosophy mysticism ethics just these are the minimum and then you would see there are so many references to ilm that you would be surprised I am not exaggerating when I say knowledge is one of the greatest or perhaps this part I say perhaps but I can argue for it but I say perhaps the greatest but at least I say one of the greatest qualities of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and any intelligent being that wants to be moving towards perfection I know this is a big claim and I can uh, you know inshallah discuss this but this is not exaggeration 
let us start with the Quran. And if I have time, I talk about, you know, theology and philosophy. If not, uh, then our discussion, you know, we can discuss. When it comes to the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala introduces himself, One of the qualities that the Quran very much emphasizes on is Allah's knowledge. We have hundreds of verses in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala emphasizes on his knowledge. It can be through using derivative forms of ilm, alim, or can be khabir, or can be in an indirect way. For example, nothing is hidden from him. He knows the secrets. He knows shahood and ghayb. In many, many different ways, and by using many, many different terms, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about his knowledge for two reasons. One, because knowledge is a very important quality that the Creator, our Lord, should have. Can you imagine a Creator who runs the world without knowledge. It doesn't, you know, make sense. Knowledge is a key requirement for being able to create and maintain and sustain the world. But there is other reason, another reason. For our connection to God, it's also very important that we know that he knows. We know that everything that we do, even if we do it in private, he knows. Everything that we say, he knows. Every intention that we make, he knows. Our future, he knows. Our past, he knows. And these are all important. You know, I am not just saying these things uh, without reason. Each of these things are very important. It's very important for us, for example, to know that he knows the future. Otherwise, how can he help us? He knows our past. Therefore, we feel responsible to correct if we have done anything bad in the past. So, he knows all these things to the extent that the Quran says actually one of the reasons for creation is to make human beings aware of God's knowledge and God's power. You know, in Surah Talaq, if you go towards the end of Surah Talaq, you have this ayah, A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Rajeem, Allahu alladhi khalaqa sab'a samawatin 
ومن الارض مثلهن يتنزل الامر بينهن so god is the one who created seven skies seven earth and the affairs come down from heaven to the earth why لتعلم. so that you know so all creation is at least partially we don't want to say this is the only reason but at least this is part of the reason it's a main part of it لتعلم. so that you know you know what أن الله على كل شيء قدير وأن الله قد أحاط بكل شيء علم. So that you know two things. One is that he is capable for doing everything. He can do everything. He has power for doing everything possible. The second thing is so that you know that he has embraced everything with his knowledge. So, for us to know that he has knowledge is very important. Okay? So, to be able to be creator and sustainer and the one who is the Lord of the world, he needs knowledge. But also for our relation with him, we should be aware that he has knowledge. Another ayah which is very significant is the ayah which says, Alam ya'lam bi'annallaha yara. This also shows how important it is for our spirituality, for our alertness, for our awakeness, that we know that He knows what we do, what we say. To the extent that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, even is pleased to use the term ru'ya, Although he doesn't have, you know, eyes, you know, he doesn't have, you know, vision like us. But so that we understand how detailed and how accurate his knowledge is, he uses the term ru'ya. Alam ya'lam bi'annallaha yara. Because for us, when we see something, we are 100% sure. Yeah? For us, our roya is the best type of knowledge that we have. Even when you hear someone's voice, it's not as good as seeing. In Farsi, we say, Shanidan keibovad manande didan. Yeah, listening can never be like seeing. It's what we say in Farsi. So we have to know and remember that God is watching us God is seeing us also sometimes Quran says God is Samir he is hearing you but again you know that God doesn't have ear why he says he is Samir why he says he's Basir in addition to saying he's Alim he says Samir Basir 
means that he knows everything which can be heard. He knows everything which can be seen. You know, some Mufassirin have said, As-Sami is the one who knows Masmu'at. Al-Alimu bil-Masmu'at. Al-Basir, Al-Alimu bil-Mubsarat. But I think it's more than that. Sami is not just the one who knows what can be heard. It means that his knowledge is so detailed and so particular that it's like knowledge which comes through perception. Because, you know, when you know something by aql or by argument, it's normally general, not very, you know. Uh, unless you have a personal experience, normally you don't have, you know, very particular knowledge. For example, you know, uh, we have a discussion in Aqaid uh, that the way God is introduced to us through philosophy or even through kalam is very general. For example, philosophers or theologians argue for the existence of God as the first cause, as the prime mover, as the necessary being, as the intelligent designer of the world. These are the terms that philosophers and theologians use to talk about God. But these don't make you feel very close to God. You know, it's very general. But the way religion introduces God is very particular. So, in a similar way, the Quran wants to tell us that God's knowledge of us is not very general like a philosopher. He has general knowledge, but he has also very, very particular knowledge as if he is someone who is around us or, and in, among us, watching us, hearing us. And he knows everything in the best way that we can think of. Anyway, the point for discussing this is to say that for us is very important to know God's knowledge. This is in addition to knowledge being very important for God being able to function as God. And one of the things that also we find in the Quran is that not only God has knowledge, God is also a teacher. So we, we have a knowledgeable God who is also a teacher, who teaches us. For example, Ar-Rahman Allam al-Qur'an. Who is the teacher here? Ar-Rahman. What is taught? Al-Qur'an. Then, Khalaq al you have ta'lim, then creation, then ta'lim. Yeah? Can you emphasize on the significance of ta'lim more than this? Ar-Rahman, Allama al-Qur'an, Khalaq al-Insan, Allama al-Bayan. 
also not only ta'lim is repeated ta'lim is even mentioned before creation ar-rahman it doesn't say ar-rahman khalaq al-insan allama al-quran says allama al-quran khalaq al-insan this means first of all the significance of ta'lim and this also means that had it not been that allah was going to teach Quran he would not have created us because without guidance there was no point in creating human beings okay you know if God was not going to give us guidance through revelation he would not have created human beings he has created us for a purpose that purpose can only be achieved through guidance if guidance was not going to come he would not have created us as human beings because it would be waste you know of creating beings that have potential of reaching high levels of perfection through guidance and then not guiding them our creation and our guidance are connected this is why allah says alladhi khalaqa fasawwa walladhi qaddara fahada Hedaya and creation are connected. If God was not going to create us, if God was not going to send prophets and books and revelations, he was not going to create us like this. Yeah? It's like, for example, you create uh, something that can function in a very high level, but you don't provide with means. And always is functioning at a very low level. So what's the point? Imagine, for example, if you are making plane, but we use this plane only for driving. What's the point? So why you are wasting? You could have just made a car, a bus. Plane can fly. Human beings through guidance can fly. If you wanted just to have them without guidance, you could create animals. You don't, you don't need to have aql and all these things. So, ta'alim al-Quran is very important, but also ta'alim in general is very important, and ta'alim comes before khalq and after khalq. Allam al-Quran, khalq al-insan, allamahu al-bayan. Yes. May I ask you, when we say al-Rahman, allam al-Quran, yeah. so God is teaching Quran to him. If it's before creation, no, or is he teaching? No, no, it's it's on? it's it's mentioned before creation. Yeah. But the uh, occurs after creation. You go to a place and surprisingly you see a person. Okay? For example, imagine you go to Mashad and you see a very important person. So it's possible that you say, I saw this person. I went to Mashad. So logically you have to say, I went to Mashad, then I saw that. But for you that was so important that first you say, I saw that person, then you mention... I went to Mashhad, I was walking in this, on the street, you know, all of a sudden. 
but to see that person was so important that you start your kalam so for, for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Quran is so important that even before talking human beings and before talking about the gift of expression and bayan he says ar-rahman allama al-quran now let's talk about other things and also uh, you can understand from this that this is a great part of Allah's mercy that he has taught us Quran has created us everything goes back to his rahmah okay ar-rahman allama al-quran ar-rahman khalaq because it's repeated this ar-rahman indeed is for all of them yeah who allama al-quran ar-rahman who khalaq al-insan ar-rahman so out of his rahmah he taught us quran this also has another indication you can you know, understand many things from this also it's a lesson for us muallimul quran should be a manifestation of ar-rahman so when you go to teach quran you have to remember that i want to follow the example of ar-rahman not the example of al-qahar al-jabbar al-muntaqim no when you go to teach quran ar-rahman okay so allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is muallim not only alim he is also muallim in the quran also allah says iqra wa rabbuka al-akram اقرأ وربك الأكرم الذي علم بالقلم علم الإنسان ما لم يعلم. Question: Why we say Allah is الأكرم؟ اقرأ يا ربك الأكرم means by the name of your Lord. who is al-akram means the most honorable yes the most honorable why he is al-akram yes it seems that it's because of what comes after this alladhi allama bil qalam because he has been teaching he is akram in quran and in islam in general there are two things only i know only two things if you know more tell me there are only two things that can give you more honor all children of adam have honor yeah laqad karamna bani adam they have honored children of adam but there are two things that can give you more honor can raise your honor what are those two things yes uh, one is taqwa 
Inna akramakum What is the other thing? Knowledge. Knowledge. When you are alim or uh, when you are alim, your position goes high. Inshallah, I mentioned the verse about Elm soon. And if you are alim and muallim, you have more honor. Okay? So here it says, اِقْرَأْ وَرَبُّكَ الْأَكْرَمَ Allah is the most honorable. He is the one who teaches people how to use pen, which is the symbol for literature. For writing, reading, all these you know, literature. He taught human beings what they didn't know. Okay? So, you see again, God is introduced as Mu'allim. And also because of being Mu'allim, he is Akram. We also have particular cases about Allah's Ta'aleem. For example, Allama Adam al Asma'a Kullaha. Allah is Mu'allim for Adam here. In general, to, uh, sorry, in addition to general teaching, Allah taught Adam al Asma'a Kullaha. Allah taught Adam all the facts. Okay? Allah is also teacher of the angels because angel says subhanaka la ilma lana illa ma allamtana so whatever angels also know is taught by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the teacher for the prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam allamaka ma lam takun ta'lam wa kana fadlullah alayka azim Allah is also teacher for muttaqin. Ittaqullahu yu'allimkumullah. If you have taqwa, Allah is going to teach you in a particular way. Allah is going to inspire you. He's going to teach you. So he is mu'allim. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is mu'allim. Yeah? In the dua of Ibrahim and Ismail, Emphasis is put on teaching. وَبْعَثْ فِيهِمْ رَسُولًا مِنْ أَنفُسِهِمْ يَتْلُوْ عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتِكَ وَيُعَلِّمُهُمُ الْكِتَابَ بَالْحَكْمَةِ وَيُزَكِّيهِمْ Actually, in dua of Ibrahim and Ismail, ta'aleem comes before tazkiyah, before purification, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in three places changes the order. He brings tazkiyah before ta'aleem. Like Surah Juma, Surah Baqarah. Huwa alladhi ba'atha fil ummiyyina rasoolan minhum yatlu alayhim ayatih wa yudhakkihim wa yu'allimuhum al-kitab wa Tazkiyah comes before ta'aleem. Because you cannot teach the book and hikmah without tazkiyah. You can read for them Quran before tazkiyah. Yatlu alayhim ayatih. But if you want to make them understand the book and hikmah, they need taskiyah. 
So, Rasulullah is Mu'allim. Okay? And you know this beautiful story that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam went to masjid, saw two groups of people. One were busy with learning, discussion. Another group were busy with zikr. Yeah? Remembrance of Allah through zikr. And Rasulullah said, both of them are doing good. Yeah? But he went towards those who were learning. He said, I have been sent to teach. In another place we have, Rasulullah says, Allah has sent me as a teacher. Okay? So, to know for Allah is very important, to teach is also very important. And this is also for the Prophet The other ayah that I want to mention is the ayah Eleven of Suratul Mujadala. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim. Ya ayyuhalladina amanu idha qila lakum tafassahu fil majalis fafsahu yafsahillahu lakum. Wa idha qila nshuzu fanshuzu. The beginning of the ayah is about adab, etiquettes of going into a meeting, a gathering. So those who are present in a gathering, when new people come, they should create for them open space. Yeah? So that the one who comes can easily get into the, you know, people and do not feel bad, you know, I have no place, you know, know, goes around, you know. And also... When it's finished and you are asked to go, then you should go quickly. Do not, you know, wait there, you know. Yes. But the second part of the ayah is this. One of the very important ayat of the Quran is this ayah. Because this helps you understand Islamic hierarchy of values. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raises those of you who have faith, who are mu'min. It is through iman that you go higher and higher. Okay? Faith. Surah Al-Mujadala, number 11. 58. Pardon? 58. Yes. Yes. Surah Al-Mujadala is 58, chapter 58, number 11. So, through Iman, Allah raises you. 
But then, وَالَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْعِلْمِ Then those who have been given knowledge, they would be raised in ranks. Darajat. Allama Tabatabai has a beautiful point here. He says, First, people go higher according to Iman. So those who lack Iman, they don't go high. They are up to a certain extent. But he says, after Iman, the ranks are decided by Ilm. So, Mu'min who has less Ilm would be lower than Mu'min who has more Ilm. And then if someone has even more Ilm goes higher. So the one who has greatest Ilm among Mu'minin would be the highest. So, Ah, yes, but but he says after Iman, he says after Iman, all the ranks are decided because of Ilm. It's a very important point. Yes. Another ayah is Surah Zumar, verse 9. أَمَّنْ هُوَ قَانِتٌ آنَاءَ اللَّيْلِ سَاجِدًا وَقَائِمًا يَحْذَرُ الْآخِرَةَ وَيَرْجُوا رَحْمَةَ رَبِّهِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, sometimes the Qur'an makes comparison. Sometimes he mentions both sides of the comparison. Sometimes he just mentions one side. But you understand by implication what is the other side. So, if someone is humble and does ibadah during the night, doing sajda, standing up for prayer, has fear about the hereafter, and has hope for the mercy of his Lord, the other side is not mentioned, but you understand. It means that is such person equal to someone who doesn't have these qualities then قُلْ هَلْ يَسْتَبِ الَّذِينَ يَعْلَمُونَ وَالَّذِينَ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ tell them are those who know and those who don't know equal just ask them they know the answer by themselves <laughs> yeah it is something that people can understand by themselves هَلْ يَسْتَوِ الَّذِينَ يَعْلَمُونَ وَالَّذِينَ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ إِنَّمَا يَتَذَكَّرُ أُلُوا الْأَلْبَابِ Those who are people of thinking and reason, they remember. It means that this is not something that you need to be taught. You know it, but you may forget. You need a reminder. Yeah? If someone says, why we should learn? I don't think you need to teach them something that they don't know. You just need to remind them about the merits of learning, you know, significance of learning. Otherwise, every human being loves to know. Yeah? One of the qualities that we have through fitrah 
is we have thirst for learning, for knowing. Yeah? Curiosity. You know, even if something is not going to be changing my life, still I love to know. And this is why we have to actually control our curiosity because then we may become nosy <laughs> and you know we may want to know things which are not important or which may be even harmful so there are two things that you should avoid one is to know things that are not useful you know we have many hadiths saying do not talk do not discuss things which are not relevant to you for example, Tarkur Kalamfi Malayani, something which is not related to me. I don't need to know. I shouldn't try to know. But also there are things that actually even can be harmful. Either harmful to your uh, tranquility and peace of mind. You know? You know, it is very actually delicate issue. You know, sometimes we are dealing with people that are not good with us and honest with us. Or sometimes they have, you know, bad, for example, plans, plans against us. On the one hand, you want to know to protect yourself. But on the other hand, it makes your life miserable when you know, you know that there are such people around. So sometimes you don't know whether you should know or you shouldn't know. Father? Yes. Yes, we can discuss this uh, uh, because maybe it comes with many different, uh, you know, possibilities. But for sure, most of us, when we know such things, we would be psychologically very much disturbed and even maybe we lose our taqwa because we would not be able for example to keep this to ourselves you know we want to tell everyone we want to for example I don't know or maybe we would do something as a reaction so one of the great things in Rasulullah and Ahlul Bayt was that although they knew the inner self of people, but they didn't change their behavior. It's very difficult. You know, if you know the person who is sitting in front of you is going to kill you after some time. And you just keep uh, helping that person and showing mercy to that person. No one feels anything. It's not easy, you know, this is... So, sometimes I think one reason why Allah doesn't teach us these things is because we are not able to keep these things, you know, sometimes. Of course, sometimes you have to act upon some of these things because you have a responsibility to do something. Anyway, it's a very complicated issue. So, what is important is that we control our thirst for knowing this was the question not to 
know something which is harmful, not to know even something which is useless. Or nowadays, actually there can be things which are useful, but even useful things which have no priority. Yeah? Because, you know, today we have millions of things to learn. For example, there are thousands of languages. And of course, any language you learn is good. But do we need to learn all languages or a language which is not going to help us a lot? There are many books to read, many articles to read, many websites to browse. So we have to control our thirst for knowledge. If human beings didn't have this curiosity and thirst for knowledge, you had to always push people. But now we have actually to pull people yeah. you know, <laughs> back. Otherwise, they will waste their energy, their you know, attention, and you know, yes. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also says, La tas'alu an ashya an tubdalakum tasukum. Don't ask about the things that if they are disclosed to you, they will make you upset. Okay, so the summary of what we discussed today is significance of knowledge and teaching and learning. Inshallah, we continue the discussion, inshallah, next uh, day, inshallah. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen.